0: Welcome to the Boosted Volunteer Podcast. We share the stories of dedicated Booster Club volunteers and the tools and strategies they use to run successful Booster Clubs. We also have sought out experts on fundraising, volunteer management, and running nonprofits to share best practices. Hosted by Robin Eisler and Evan Eisler, you won't want to miss these great episodes that will help you run your Booster Club like a champ. Welcome to the Boosted Volunteer. Tonight,
1: our guest is Marcia Sray. She's the president of Eastview Band Boosters. She has experience in leading nonprofits and a career in the for profit world. Marcia is an expert on building infrastructure for good. Welcome, Marcia. We're glad to have you.
2: Hello. 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 The word expert is scary, but you know, <laughs> it doesn't
1: take, I, I you do know.
2: You get a title and you do a little
1: work and now you're an expert. You get expert, that, right?
2: right. <laughs> love it. Yeah, I love it. yeah, that can be scary. Yeah. But yeah, I get it. I get it.
1: Well, I know what you do in the evenings and on the weekends and in every spare moment you have. What's your day job, Marcia? So I work part time for Edward Jones, an
2: assistant to a financial advisor. Nice. And what is super cool about that is that I've been able to see how people manage their money in in the for-profit world, how do normal people manage their money? So coming from nonprofit work, I understand how important donors are. So now I'm working on the other side. So I've been able to learn a little bit about how people manage their philanthropy, understanding tax benefits and required minimum distributions and donor advised funds and how all of that stuff works. And so what's really cool about that is it makes it easier to ask for donations for a nonprofit. People give money for a lot of different reasons, but they all want to feel really good about their donation. They want to feel good about what they're doing. So you're not a beggar. They're looking for places to donate. Tell them your story. Help them see what their donations are going to do and make them comfortable that you're going to be responsible with what they give you.
1: You know, that's yeah, it's such a good point. We have people all the time that tell me their club isn't raising money or their budget's only this. And the first question I ask, well, first I ask about communications, but then I ask about the ask. What are you asking for? And so many times we see people just, they're not making the ask. They're afraid to make the ask.
2: It's super uncomfortable, especially if you don't come from money. You feel like a beggar that you're, (laughs) um, hello, can you help us please? But really there are so many people out there that want to give money and they are looking for a story that makes them feel really good that's where booster clubs they
1: get it a little bit easy cuz their mission almost always involves kids, kids
2: and kids and education man yeah and, they love it they do okay. get them in touch with some of the kids
1: oh yeah and i've always said if you can communicate the need of the kid mm-hmm. almost
2: no one will say no to you they no. they line up um, specific asks tend to be more they get more attention. So if you can identify a thing that you're trying to raise money for, that you're trying to purchase, a lot of people will feel better and will give money faster toward a specific item. We're trying to get this speaker for the band or this Mm -hmm. instrument or the uniforms that go with this show, something specific. They like to know what it is you're going to do with the money.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. The fundraisers I've run in the past, we call it a paddle raise. Like we We came up with something specific, and if you could tell the story, you would just get people to raise their paddle and donate money that they weren't. They were there to donate anyways, but they didn't know you needed it. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's pretty effective. Well, tell me a little bit about Eastview Band Boosters, the the size, the the activity, annual budget, if you can share those things. We love hearing the backstories of the booster clubs and and the work that you do there.
2: So there's about 100 members of the band, and I'd say we have a good – Maybe sixty member active booster club. Not every kid's family or parent is able to work or to help, but we get a, a decent number of people, especially with Booster Hub able to communicate better. And they have to join if they want the communication, and they tend to want to know what time the band concert starts. So you I always join. say, hide that information
1: somewhere that you can communicate often to them. Then you've won half yep. your battle right there. Yep. Yep.
2: So what we do, I guess, is twofold. We raise funds to support the band, and then we volunteer. We volunteer for games and contests, events. That means things like feeding the band before and during events, running pit crew to get the band on and off the field for performance. We chaperone, and then just general management of the organization, which sometimes is corralling band directors and (laughs) poking about calendar. I said, what time is this? What time do you need them to
1: be there? I've had the luxury of uh, being on the sideline with your program at the football game. And uh, boy, it came down to 30 seconds. And all of a sudden, there were 35 people moving on that field so fast. It was amazing.
2: And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, Um, it's a lot of fun to do. You're kind of a part of the whole thing in a way that You know, if your kid plays volleyball, you maybe aren't really as involved, but we thought we worked hard in volleyball
1: until we met the band folks, and then we learned that we don't work hard at all. (laughs) Hard in a different
2: way. You're just not having to physically run with a xylophone in order to (laughs) and to
1: get off the field before the football team. Like that's the goal, right? (laughs) Yeah. That
2: games you're trying to beat the folks the coaches and the football team coming back on the field. And at contest, there's a timer. You have a set amount of time. say you have four minutes to set up and the clock is running. And so you have to have every adult off the field after that four minutes. And then after performance, you have two minutes to get off the field. Oh so my goodness. That show ends and you run and you have to get over the end zone line. So yeah. <laughs> you're scoring a touchdown, right? Scoring yes. a touchdown. <laughs> you have to get every piece of equipment, every kid, every prop, every instrument over that line in two minutes. Then you can take your time like filing out whatever back fence they have. <laughs> I love um, it. But as long as you get over the end zone, it's you amazing. don't get to points taken off.
1: It's so. amazing the, the work that y'all do and all the bands. But like I said, I've had the pleasure to stand on the sidelines with you guys.
2: Yeah. So budget wise. So this year we budgeted to spend about 60000 I think we're going to come in lower than that, maybe $10,000, 15000 lower.
1: Great.
2: So we'll have a good amount to carry over for next season. So what was difficult about budgeting is that it hadn't really been done in depth before. And with Booster Hub, and the accounting software, we we're able to actually really create cost centers and dole things out where we think it's going to go. And since it was our first time to actually do this whole process, I think we were we're a little off about what we thought and what we need. So we're planning for next season, and I think we're going to have a lot less guessing because we'll have those budget versus actual reports from this season. So it'll be a little bit more accurate, hopefully.
1: It's amazing how much just having historical data can help you run yes. things. Yes, absolutely. When I started our booster club, we had a big annual fundraiser and they asked me, said, okay, plan this event. And I had no idea if it was a hundred people or 400. How many people attend this event? And I didn't have any historical data to just tell the caterer, this is how many meals I need.
2: How many did we sell last year? Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was in somebody's folder in somebody's binder in somebody's trunk of their car somewhere, but that doesn't mean yeah. I had it.
2: <laughs> right. Or you have a few of the years, but not all of them. Yes. And they're all over the place. They're right. just all over the place. So somebody asked last year, we're trying to plan the banquet. Okay, what's the budget? And I'm like, mm-hmm? uh, uh, what do we do? <laughs> Yeah, Throw a dart somewhere
1: around this number. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. So this year is our second season with Booster Hub. So we know what we spent last year. So we were able to figure out how much we can spend this year. And it's going a little better, I think. That's
1: good to hear. Now, you've done a lot of volunteer work in the past in various types of nonprofits, not just booster clubs. Tell me about some of the other nonprofit Um, work that you've done.
2: So most of it, most nonprofit work was with the Georgetown Palace Theater So I worked for them for about 12 years. I started out in the box office. Actually, I started out there when my senior was six weeks old and I had him in a sling and I would answer the phone and sell tickets in the box office and then moved on to box office management and then got roped in somehow to operations management. So that includes working with donors and fundraising. And I learned so much about the rules of nonprofits and how they work. And all of that experience has helped so much to run a booster club. It's basically a small nonprofit. It's a small nonprofit business that you're running with 100% volunteers, kind of like a small theater. So as the palace grew, we were able to hire a nonprofit manager, a specialist in nonprofit management and fundraising as our first executive director. And the things that I learned from her, I've been able to use so much of it. And I want to tell you that the first thing she did when she came into her role was subscribe to nonprofit management software. (laughs) Gotta have some infrastructure, right? Blackbaud product, I think, eTapestry for a small nonprofit. And she said, the first thing you have to do to raise money is have the tools you need to manage the process. No more Excel spreadsheets software with donor profiles and history and the ability to accept online donations and event registration all on one place in the cloud. Now, does that sound a little familiar? (laughs) It does, it does. (laughs) So when I saw the Facebook notice that you were developing Booster Hub, I knew exactly what the benefits of that would be and was lucky to be one of your beta testers so that we could get in,
1: get into the ground floor. I love it. You guys have been with us a long time and all the feedback that we've gathered over the year has, <laughs> has been very, very helpful. Very helpful. Mm-hmm. It's certainly hard if you don't have that, that basic tool that you need and you're using all these substitute tools because you're using them. It's just whether or not it's on paper or spreadsheet. Sure.
2: or And an Excel spreadsheet works, but it's a lot more difficult to get your historical data from one year to the next, it's a new spreadsheet. So you're starting over name, address, phone number, who's the donor. But when you have a profile, all of this information is there for you and you're able to pass it on to the next people. Right, right. Turnover
1: is such a big deal in the clubs too. That's Oh, yeah, absolutely. What's your biggest challenge in running the Booster Club? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Probably what everybody's is, which is getting enough volunteers for the amount of work that we do. And knowing how many people we need for each event, it's pretty significant. Sometimes 15, 20, 25 people needed for various tasks, say, for a football game or for a contest. And we do better now, of course, with the, the tracking software and the ability to sign up. With It's not just random sign-up geniuses or trying to use charms, but it's always going to be a challenge, is getting people to volunteer and feel comfortable Volunteering, especially the freshman parents, that you need to get them welcomed in, and so that they hit the ground running with you. You know, I think that's a good point. A lot of times, people they don't
1: know what you need, and even if you give them a slot, you're going to work this unless they know what that entails.
2: They're a little gun shy. They are. They are. So we try to have like meet and greets during summer band because they've got to bring their kids. We had, I think, we had donuts and coffee the first couple of days this year. But it's hard. It's hard to be a grown up and walk up to a group of people that you don't know. So that's always a challenge. We work, try to work hard on providing opportunities for people to show up. And then we actively try to welcome them when we get there.
1: Kind of um, building a community um, around it, right? So they have a community to join.
2: Yeah. I would say that our other biggest challenge has been COVID. Two years of infrastructure and institutional knowledge, a lot of it was just gone because those kids and their parents, they graduated during the midst of COVID. So when I came in as president, it was almost a rebuilding situation. Yeah. We had a lot
1: of people who had, they had never attended the annual fundraiser and they'd been in the program oh, yeah. two years. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time for a volunteer organization to not run the way that you expect it to. It's supposed to. Well, hopefully yeah. we're past the COVID days, right? Hopefully yes. it's not something we yes. see again.
2: Yes. we've had two now full normal seasons. So
1: Now, that's good. You're the president there. What do you feel are kind of three things that you've brought to the program that you've implemented that have really helped things along?
2: Well, number one of course is Booster Hub.
1: We love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a commercial for Booster Hub. Okay, go ahead.
2: <laughs> so, no, well, yeah. but it it's just that good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> love it. So that really was one of the most important things because connectivity, it's infrastructure of so many different things, and it, it leads the way that you manage. The other, I think we had lost the umbrella organization that our school district used for 501c3. We had had the Arts Association, basically, the Georgetown Arts Association. They held the umbrella 501c3 for both high schools, all of the arts booster clubs, and they disbanded right at the time that I was coming in as president. So being handed a booster club that all of a sudden does not have a valid 501c3 for a fundraiser, scary. (laughs) And I was actually going through the process of trying to figure out which paperwork I needed and how we were going to apply for it, because I didn't want to pay a lawyer $1,000 to do it for us. And that is when I met you, and you told me, don't do it. (laughs) Use our good friends. Yeah. Yeah, to Parent Booster USA and having them as our umbrella organization, that has been a big deal. Are able to, before we didn't have to file our own tax return, this umbrella organization with the district did that for us. So since Parent Booster does the tax return for us, they'll issue 1099s if you need them. It's just been a good way to simplify holding that 501c3 for people that don't know what they're
1: doing. I always tell people, if it's the same people all the time doing it, you could do it yourself. But sure, when absolutely. you switch over and somebody new forgets that they have to do that or doesn't remember to file the tax return, Parent Booster always comes in and is like, hey, you're an organization, you need to do these things.
2: Oh, um, yeah. And the pings like, yeah. this is due. Are you doing these things? Yeah. I think it will make people who don't have a background in nonprofit management more comfortable with what they're doing. They have resources. They're not floating out there alone wanting to know how to do taxes. And they're not getting taken for a ride by somebody overcharging them to prepare their taxes it's not um,
1: super complex nonprofit taxes but it's helpful if you have somebody that knows what they're doing to that kind just, of give you the, that summary. summer yeah 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 absolutely i guess
2: and the third thing is we started askathon fundraising like like a snapraise type thing we don't use snapraise but there's so many different askathon fundraising platforms out there but we started doing that and it's more successful than selling chocolate you're asking your Team your kids to reach out to people who love them and tell them about something that means a lot to them, and ask for support. And those are life skills. And your aunt in in California may not be able to buy your cookie dough, but she'll send you twenty bucks. Right, your money adds up. So you do an askathon event and make the bulk of your fundraising through this crowdfunding, this group fundraising, and it's been pretty successful. It's amazing because historically
1: you always had to sell a product or you had to do something, and we've seen the trend shift away from that. And with all of these type fundraising platforms, you keep so much more. You're keeping, even for the expensive ones, you're keeping 80% and then you can get into the 90%, whereas if you're selling chocolates, you're getting 20% of that. And I love your point of wrapping it into a life skill ask for the students where they're having to say, hey, I love this activity. Please support me and help with the fundraising.
2: Yeah. And I think I started to see it when my now senior was in elementary school, that they would get the packets of the things they were supposed to sell, say like for Big Kahuna or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you had to set up their little website. And one of the buttons on their website was, can't I just donate? (laughs) And I started to notice that We sold way less stuff. We had people that would just be like, can I just give you 10 bucks? I don't want the
1: wrapping paper.
2: I don't don't want the the stuff. And I don't want to pay this company to pass on half of my money to you. So yeah, so I think it's kind of morphed from there. These fundraising companies figuring out that people just really want to donate.
1: I think there was a story, I think it was went viral in the news of of a, a dad who had a preschooler in a Montessori school and he was sent home a little kitchen gadget catalog to order some things. And he, I think he started like a GoFundMe and it, and it blew up and it got, you know, just crazy amounts of <laughs> donations. He says, please donate so I don't have to sell this kitchenware for my preschooler or something. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's a Yeah, that absolutely.
2: Tools. Yeah. I think it does work. Selling something is also a skill. Um, I think with the middle school band that my younger son is in did the, the world's greatest, world's finest chocolate. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what it is? Yeah. Everybody sells it? We didn't sell any. I just bought a box and gave it up for (laughs) Halloween candy. (laughs) It was about that time. But yeah, you know, selling is a skill as well. So, well, I think we've lost the
1: traditionally not very many kids go door to door anymore.
2: Well, and a lot of them are not, they're not allowed to. Right. A lot of the districts and the booster club bylaws are you can't send your kids
1: out door to door and then even if you could the HOAs won't let you do it so right so yeah we've had to move online
2: yeah I still get some Girl Scouts coming by and and I'm happy about that although they moved that online this year I was so excited yes I've done that too (laughs) but yeah I I don't shut the door on Girl (laughs)
1: Scouts. my rule of thumb is if anybody under the age of about 20 comes to my front door (laughs) selling things I'm buying and I shouldn't say Mm -hmm. that out loud right If they've sure. got the courage to come up to the door, we're going to make a deal. So what, mm-hmm. uh, in your role over the last couple of years, what would you say is your biggest success?
2: I actually feel like I want to target something that was before my role Okay, that mm-hmm. led to them thrusting the role upon me. <laughs> <laughs> if you do a good job, you get promoted, right? <laughs> you, you do, you do. So we have a huge semi-trailer, like bands have, that you have all of your equipment in that you take to the games and events. And our wrap that covered the trailer was just disintegrating. It was just in really bad shape. The letters for East U and the band logo, everything was just falling apart off of the thing because it sits out in the sun, the school parking lot forever, and it just can't withstand that. And it was probably a, about a decade old and needed to be rewrapped. And my son's freshman year and most of his sophomore year I stood around with most of the parents and we complained, complained. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it looks so terrible. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do about that? It's just awful. And we thought maybe the school would pay for it, but they will keep, they will work on the upkeep of the function of the trailer, but not how pretty it is, which is, that's good. So when we realized that the school was not going to pay for this and we could probably sit around and complain about it for a few more years, There was a couple of parents and I that just went to Willie's Ice House and had a happy hour. (laughs) And we're like, what are we going to do about it? And prior to that, our band had done no online fundraising of any kind, just selling chocolate or selling mattresses and all of the stuff that people do now. And we found an online fundraising platform. I think we used Rally Up, and that was the first time we had done anything like that. So we put together a campaign. We put up a picture of the terrible trailer. And we got kids to to give us testimonials about what it would mean to them to get that done. And we got quotes about how much it would cost. We got the Williamson County Sun to put a picture of it and some of the kids' testimonials in the newspaper. And because we had that online fundraising tool that made it easy for people to donate, we raised the funds to rewrap that truck in about mm, two months, maybe, or less. It happened quick. And It was a changing point for us because we hadn't done online fundraising, and we had a cultural attitude that we can't raise money, that the kids or our demographic are people that don't have much money, and that we can't raise money. And the director at the time, I was very happy, was willing to let us just do it, and we just did it. We asked as little permission as we could. That's the way to do it sometimes. That happened. We learned through this that we actually can raise money, that people around us want to give money, and that we can plan and dream about things that we want to do and actually work to make that happen. We don't have to just sit around and complain about the, the equipment falling apart. We can do that. And it is the attitude and it's the infrastructure that makes that possible, that you've got to make it easy for people to donate money.
1: That had to be a great lesson for the kids. Oh, yeah. And your kids, your kids to watch mom lay it out and then set the goal and then achieve it even in your own house. Yes, absolutely.
2: Like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. We're just going to do it. And then they make you president. And then you have to try to keep delivering for another two years. I'm like, oh, gosh, I did this thing. And how am I going to beat that?
1: I love it. And then the thing about your kids is what most people don't know is the Booster Club's president's kids are usually the hardest working people in the Booster Club because you're having your kids kind of help do everything. And you got to tell oh, yeah. your friends about this at school and you got to do this at school.
2: Yeah, they're messengers, volunteers, Yeah, first. Yeah, they got to do all kinds of stuff. For sure. That's awesome.
1: Do you guys have any unique fundraisers? So the trailer was obviously unique to your program, but any other event that you do annually that's unique to Eastview Band?
2: Um, yes. So our biggest fundraiser is the Askathon, but we also have another decently lucrative fundraiser. Is that we work with Flag Fundraisers of Texas. It's a U.S. flag delivery subscription program. So for I think five or six patriotic holidays throughout the year. Band students will deliver a full-size U.S. flag to your yard in a preset holder and then come back and pick it up a week later. Very cool. Uh, Yes, and we're near a Sun City, which has a lot of veterans, and they love it. So we have about 600 houses, and it is so much work, but it's also, it makes good money. It also makes us very visible in the community. When you're delivering these flags, especially to the seniors, They come out on their porch. They want to say hi. They want to see you and talk to the kids. And I think it has led to actually more support and more donors in a population that doesn't have kids in the school system. That's awesome.
1: So you've been in for two years. What's been your favorite moment? A lot of times this work gives back to the individual that's doing it. What's been your moment where you were like, this is great?
2: I would have to say it was our banquet last year after covid We had not had a banquet in two years, so my son's freshman and sophomore year, there was no banquet. We didn't have anything. So we had funds because we fundraised well, and we had volunteers, so we were able to have like an actual nice semi-formal banquet. We really worked hard on volunteer recognition at that banquet. We handed out lapel pins with the band logo to people that had volunteered. People that had volunteered even one hour were thanked personally and given this little volunteer pin. We had the kids make videos talking about what volunteers meant to them. So we played this at the event. And it was just really our first time to have such a thing after COVID where we were able to be together and celebrate all of the huge strides that we had made that year. And it was kind of nice to stand back and go, you know what, this comes from organization and fundraising. These things don't just happen.
1: Yeah, that's one recognizing the volunteers is so important. Yes, it doesn't have to even be anything that costs anything, but just recognizing mm-hmm. the people that have donated their time is huge. And then bringing everyone together to celebrate the mission of the program mm-hmm. I mean, that's just yep. what it's all about, right? That's the moment.
2: Yep. Yep. <laughs> We're working on planning next year, this year's banquet, it'll be in May. So, love it. One of the best, last, last big things for me.
1: Well, speaking of that, so how has the role of the Booster Club, being the president, how has it impacted your life, your personal life, your work life, your (laughs) home life?
2: Well, it's pretty much taken over. It has become a part of my identity that will be difficult to let go. I would say that one of the biggest things is that it really helped me gain friends as an adult, connect with other parents because you're working together together you have something in common, you can actually build friendships. It's really hard as an adult to make friends. I was always the mom at the preschool, the other moms knew each other and they'd go out for coffee. And I'd be like, my guys <laughs> And it's not that I really wanted to go out of coffee because I really, really did not want to go out for coffee. But having
1: those yeah, connections.
2: Just, yeah. It's really hard as a grown up to make new friends. And being a part of an active booster club is a really good way to connect with other people who have something majorly in common with you.
1: Yeah, just by default, you've got kids the same age, you're interested in the same activity. Generally, your families live in the same area. You have so mm-hmm. much in common already. And
2: with the volunteering, you are working together on a common goal. So yes, it's definitely team building. We had. A- I would say I've become more confident in my leadership abilities. Trying to kick that imposter syndrome out a little bit, which is difficult.
1: I think there's like when you first take over, you're kind of like, "Who do I ask?" And then you realize, like, "Oh, let me look in the mirror. It's me." That's
2: going to step on toes, and then you're like, "There's no toes. There's no (laughs) There's no toes anywhere in sight," which is scary. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So you're
1: phasing out of your role. What are your plans after this month, really? So this is sort of the end of it this month as your son graduates and moves on. Yes,
2: I'm terrified. (laughs) (laughs) I just want to make sure that everybody knows how everything works and that I'm setting everybody up for success. I think I am. It's scary to step away. So I'm working on getting my son ready for college and send off and Getting all of that stuff done, I've got a sixth grader in band and he's also very athletic. So I foresee many booster club activities in my future. You're just getting Um, started. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know that I would volunteer to be president of anything just yet. But I definitely when I see those calls come out for help or volunteers, I I definitely know how much it means if you can just show up for an hour. Or so I will probably be doing a lot of that.
1: Yeah, sometimes we can't help ourselves. Like, oh, they need help. I'm in. Like, what do they need? Yeah, okay.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> the other common theme that you mentioned, and this is probably the most common theme that I see across all booster club, particularly the presidents, is the insistency that the people following you know how to do it, that they can use the tools that you've created and the worry that they're going to be able to do that. You yeah. know, I founded a software company out of that, that need, right? right? Yes. <laughs> you know, yes. it, was, it wasn't before or while I was doing it. It was after where I said, oh my goodness, I want to make sure they know how to use all these
2: tools. We worked so hard. You work so hard. And then to just back off. You don't want everything to just come crashing down. Right. The next person is going to step up, but you don't want them to have to start from scratch after all of the work that you did.
1: It's that need to leave it better than you
2: found it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Most
1: yep, common yep. theme I see. So, well, finally, what advice would you give somebody stepping into the role? And are there any resources that you recommend?
2: Okay. i wrote down a couple of things. Number one, don't be afraid to make decisions. People are hungry for leadership, right or wrong. Your decision isn't always gonna be the perfect decision, but so many times you're in a group and nobody will make a decision. Everybody's just kind of hemming and hawing. And if you can be the one to say, okay, we're gonna try this, that will serve you well. It will move things forward. People are most afraid to make a decision in a group. Yes. Yes. So if you can be the one willing to step up and make a decision, that is something that will work well. Also, try to focus on the things that are in your wheelhouse, things that you like to do, and see how you can work on delegating the things that you hate. That's
1: great advice across (laughs) anything, right? (laughs) Especially business and volunteering, but yeah.
2: Yes. So it's a volunteer role that you're in. It shouldn't be horrible. You should get some joy out of it. Otherwise, it's not worth doing.
1: I always started our meetings with, we're here to have fun, and if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. Exactly. Yes, for sure. absolutely.
2: As far as resources, it was one that you actually turned me on to way back when was the the book by Sandra England, The School Fundraising, So Much More Than Cookie Dough. It's
1: great. It's a great great resource.
2: Yeah. If you go to morecookiedough.com, you can see about this book. It is not heavy reading. It's set up to help you understand the rules and the do's and the don'ts of running a nonprofit because there are rules. The IRS regulates things and you don't want to do things to get on the wrong side of the IRS. And it just gives you a lot of resources to set up your finances to be less vulnerable to say embezzlement or even just accidental misuse, how to take minutes, what kind of minutes, what does that look like? What do bylaws look like? Everything you need to know. And it's not a huge tome. It's it's fairly easy. E-
1: it's fairly easy reading and you can read it in an, in one or two sittings it's not a horrible boring legal book no, yeah no
2: and that's one thing that i will physically be passing on is i will be handing that book to the next president to say here's your resource. right you have questions look here first so yeah it should sort of be
1: mandatory reading if you, if, you're, if you get on the board you need to read this
2: <laughs> yeah it really is it's a really good overview of the whole of thing kind of what you're trying to
1: do Marsha, thank you so much for taking the time today to join us here at the Boosted Volunteer. Thank you for your work that you've done with the Eastview Band. And I have a feeling we'll see more of your work in the future as, <laughs> as you, you come up. And we look forward
0: to hearing from you in the future. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. The Boosted Volunteer is brought to you by Booster Hub. To find out more about Booster Hub and how our app can help you improve communications, increase engagement, raise more money, and manage your Booster Club responsibly, visit www.boosterhub.com. And then make sure to search for Booster Club Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Booster Hub, thanks for listening.